It was a buzzer beater. Nothing but net. The shooter punched his fist up in the air, and victory began to run around the court in celebration, excited. The champion, the reigning champion, had been defeated. He knew in just a few minutes he was going to be holding that championship trophy. And then out of the corner of his eye, he saw something. He noticed the official was waving the shot off. The basket was not good. The ball didn't leave his hand before the clock expired. In an instant, he went from the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat. Punched his fist in the air again, but this time with discouragement and anger, and he saw the official walking toward him. The official had been watching him the whole game. He knew this player was a liar and a cheat. He wasn't coming to console him in the loss. He had a completely different message for him. Genesis 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. In the last five minutes of the game, the the enemy began to, to roll out these crafty questions. And the first woman, she took the bait. She became convinced in her heart that God was holding out on her and the first man, that he was keeping them from finding wisdom. He was keeping them from finding pleasure and fun. And so she went to the one tree that God said not to eat from, and she took and she ate. And the man, with no backbone, he rushed to reject God. He rushed to ignore God's authority. Rather than honor and affirm the one who fearfully and wonderfully made him. The one who gave him a paradise to live in. Now he didn't do that. He rejected him. He he turned away from him. And not only that, he didn't play a lick of defense. He refused to protect his wife from all of the shots from the enemy. And so in an effort just to be his own king, in an effort to be his own little God, He grabbed that fruit out of his wife's hand and and he took and he ate too. The world, it it was floating on a cloud of, of goodness and grace. And with one bite, with one bite, the the man ruined and devastated the whole atmosphere, the whole attitude of the entire world. With one bite, he caused humanity to plunge and fall into rebellion and sin. God the Father, God the Creator, He was dishonored, He was rejected, He was mocked, He was really hated. And how did He respond? Well, He didn't reject them. In fact, He pursued them. He pursued them with His own questions. But they weren't crafty questions. They weren't questions designed to to trip them up or to devastate their lives. They were questions filled with mercy and compassion. 
He was pursuing them, giving them the opportunity to repent of their sin, repent of their rebellion, to receive grace, to receive forgiveness. But they rejected him all the more. They didn't want his compassion. They tried to hide from him. They they ran away from him and they began to pass blame everywhere but on themselves. They cozied up real quick to the lies of the enemy, but they rudely and rashly ran away from the kindness of the Lord. Sound familiar? Do we ever find ourselves doing the exact same thing? The Lord was not so compassionate with the enemy, though. There were no questions. There was no conversation. In fact, the enemy didn't say a word. He just had to receive his punishment. Another one bites the dust would have been an appropriate intro song as the Lord came to to give the curse. You see, the enemy thought that he had just snatched victory away from the Almighty in his own garden, at his own home court. But he didn't. In his moment of victory, he didn't realize it was actually defeat. And he was about to begin being the ultimate loser for all time. But biting the dust was the least of the curse. Listen to Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and, and between your seed and her seed. Enmity, open hostility. These crafty questions in the garden quickly move to war. War between the enemy and the seed of the woman. And how is this war going to end? Listen to the next part of verse 15. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Head injury and and a heel injury. WebMD says this, head injuries are dangerous. They can lead to permanent disability, mental impairment, and even death. It's not a good list. But then compare that with some sports medicine notes under the title of bruised heel. If you catch heel pain early and rest, then it should recover quite quickly within a few days. If the first onset of pain is ignored and the fat pad gets damaged beyond easy repair, then this is a very difficult injury to treat. Now, I knew I had a fat pad, but I didn't know it was on my heel. Thought thought it was in my gut. But the comparison is is not difficult, right? I mean, there's clearly a difference between a a heel injury and and a head injury. That same article gave some self-help tips if you have a bruised heel. A couple of them are this. Rest until there is no more pain and replace running shoes if they're old. Now, I'm pretty sure your neurologist is not going to come up to you and say, look, you've had some severe bruising on your brain. It's possibly led to some bleeding internally in your head. So we just want you to go home, rest a few days, and go get yourself a brand new pair of sneakers, and everything will be fine. 
Now, it's probably not the advice. Now, if you've ever had heel pain, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize it. I've had heel pain, and it's, it's not any fun. But the medical math is not hard. A bruise to the head is dramatically different than a bruise to the heel. So we have here in this context a head injury and a heel injury. We, we have the enemy just being able to reach up far enough to strike the heel. Can't get any farther than that. Can't get any higher. The highest he can get from the dust of the ground is the heel. That's the only way he can strike. And then we have this amazing picture, though, throughout the pages of God's Word. That after a few days of rest, the bruise on the heel of the seed of the woman is gone. So who is the seed of the woman? Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Apostle Paul says this. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, so that he might redeem. The seed of the woman is Jesus. You see, just when the enemy thought that his buzzer beater in the garden had won it all for him, even in that moment, it had already been appointed that the fullness of time was coming when God would send forth his son to do what? To redeem, to rescue, to pay the, the price of sin's curse, to pay the penalty of sin. So that people like me and you could be free from that curse. Could be free from rebellion. Free from sin. And how was Jesus going to pay that price? Well, he was going to do it through the cross. You see, the, the cross changed everything. The bruise of death that hit the heel of Jesus only lasted three days. But in rising from the dead, he struck a bruise to the head of the enemy. An eternal bruise, a fatal bruise. A bruise you don't come back from. See, Satan thought he had won in the garden, but he lost. Satan thought he won at the cross, but he lost. So what does this have to do with you? Well, see, there's, there's something about the cross that, that changes what can happen in your life. You see, without Christ, without salvation, without being redeemed, without being rescued, there's only one thing in the account of your soul, and that's the curse of sin. That's all that's in your account. Nothing else is there. But because of the cross, because of the empty tomb, because of the kingship and the lordship of Jesus, because of the power and the authority and the blood of Jesus, something amazing can happen to your account. You see, the curse can be deleted from your account. And the righteousness of Jesus can be imputed into your account. See, the cross and the resurrection filled up the account of Jesus with the righteousness of Christ. 
the rightness of God. That is not in your account. But when you repent of your sin, when you repent of your rebellion against God's perfect and holy ways and truth and law, when you put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone, that righteousness gets credited to your account. You can't earn that credit to your account. You can't make the deposit to your account. It only happens by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But your account can change. And it all happens through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus and only Jesus can redeem you from sin's curse. And how has he done it? He's done it through the cross. See, the cross was enough, and the cross is enough. When Jesus redeems you, sin's curse no longer has a grip on you. It no longer has a grip on you. And for the first time in your life and for all eternity, one word applies to your life. Spotless. Spotless. Only because of Jesus. And that's why we shout Hosanna. Hosanna to the one who died. Hosanna to the one who is risen. Hosanna to the one who redeems. Hosanna. Hosanna.